Hey guys, welcome back to our podcast, Lighthouse. Today we're doing our sixth episode. We're here today with Anna, Michelle, and myself. And we're with, uh, we're interviewing my sister, Teresa, and her husband, Mark. Um, and they are, they dated for like four years and they've been married for two and now they have a daughter. So they just give us a lot of advice from their time being married. So let's get into it. We're talking about um, idleness, comfort, and temptations of the earthly world. Um, And Teresa and Mark will be talking a lot about how that has played out in their relationship, especially. Perfect. Okay, so before we get into those questions, um, this is like that one question we asked at the beginning. What's one event in your life that has changed your life. Hmm. Yeah, you can go. For me, um, you know, there are obvious big events that have happened in my life and both of our lives that I could obviously say changed my life. And I I put a lot of thought into this today. Um, I think the the one event that changed my life and the, the trajectory of my life was whether it was the day of or the day it actually happened when I only went to college uh, for two years. And I think that it was probably the day that I decided not to go back was as, as simple as it sounds, the day that probably changed my life because so much happened because of that decision. Um, and I have so much that I have right now because of that. Um, and after after I left college, I was trying to find where I was supposed to work. It was that awkward in-between stage where we knew we would get married after Mark graduated from college, um, but there was an awkward year. Um, and I, I found a job at um, a Catholic parish in our diocese. And I think that, and I, I kind of came to this realization when I was, I'm no longer at the job, but this past year when I left, um, that I think that was kind of, um, God's way of not letting me finish college, but that was his way of teaching me and forming me in the faith that others got in a different way at college, whereas I was able to get it firsthand, literally at a Catholic parish. So not only did that change my life, it helped me form my faith, but um, it allowed, because I left college, it allowed me to marry Mark when I did and then have Danielle. Um, and if I had just continued to go um, to a college that I didn't feel comfortable at, uh, that I, say, yeah, you know, I wouldn't have everything that I have today. And, and, you know, you can say that for any event, but I really do think that that had a significant impact on my life. Wow. That's wow. really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. That's cool. Cause, um, I was talking to someone about this the other day. I don't remember who it was, but they were like, sometimes in life, it's the things that don't happen. Like you mm-hmm. were saying that really like change your life because then it opens up yourself to like new opportunities that you never thought you would have right so like that's exactly like your situation exactly yeah uh yeah so for me i i feel like i'm gonna give such a cliche answer um but i i would definitely i think i would say the day the day danielle was born um that kind of seems like an obvious date but um But I I think that the biggest thing is 
I mean, obviously with Teresa and I, for those who don't know, uh, when we got married pretty shortly thereafter, we were expecting. So most of our marriage has been, you know, even on the the first year was all about uh, expecting a, a child. And so along with that, especially as first time parents are learning all these things, they're doing all these appointments, which is great. And you know, kind of jokingly, uh, especially as we got through the third trimester, we, we kind of had this image of Danielle in our, our head in terms of, you know, how she would act and the, the way she would be and, and look and all that. But um, I think just the, the actual day it happened is just a total change um, because you, you can do all the preparing you want and, uh, you know, have all these thoughts in your head. But when it actually happens, it it's kind of it just it's almost indescribable but it's if you if you're a parent you know it um but to to finally just be able to you know hold that child in your arms and 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 think like wow this is a human being and of course you know that throughout the whole pregnancy but you know you're something happened then it hits you and and i think in those nine months too you're there are things you're stressing about you know at some point you're thinking how are we going to afford this or you know how are we going to raise this child and, and all these things run through your head, good and bad. Um, but just that, that day in particular was also kind of nice because we sort of planned it. Uh, Teresa was supposed to be induced. So we, we, there were no surprises in terms of uh, just sitting at home and, and she goes into labor. So, uh, but, but I would just say that day in particular, uh, you know, the, the whole time we, we would acknowledge her parents um, during the pregnancy, but uh, that day when you're kind of like officially a, you know, a father or mother and, and just sit for me sitting there holding her. It's just in that moment. It, uh, it just totally changes you for, for me uh, as a man, it, it completely changed my perspective on everything. And, um, it, I was kind of talking to Teresa about this too. Um, it's interesting cause you, you kind of have this love. You grow up in a family, you have love for your family and friends. Then you meet this person who eventually becomes your spouse. And it, it's this amazing type of love that you you've never really experienced. Um, but then when you have this child, it's just a whole different type of love, but at the same time, it's connected. It's because of the love of your spouse that you now have this child. And so just for me on that day, it hit that, that, that wave of emotions and, and love for this baby that you had been kind of waiting around for nine months. Um, I, I, I think that would be for me the the most impactful day that that definitely has changed both of our lives, uh, but particularly mine. Um, so yeah, that that's what I would say. Wow, wow, that's so cool. And that's I... like our our dad. He um, when Christine was born, he said to our mom, "This is the first time I like feel like I'm part of a family because he was adopted." So Christine is like the first person he's like ever met that was like blood related to him wow Wow. oh that's so cool and i really i really admire you guys for like accepting god's will and like taking that path to marriage because i know like that's that is really hard especially like during you know like at such a young age and you know by accepting god's will you get to know him better through like his word and prayer. And I just find it like amazing that like life, like, I mean, that's, that's really hard and having a child, like that's really when 
you come to know God best is through that um, suffering, you know, and I just find it amazing. Like you guys are really amazing for that. Oh, thank you. (laughs) We try. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny when I hear Teresa's voice, I, I like think it's Anna and then I'm like, oh wait, (laughs) what? No. (laughs) Um, Okay, Anna, do you want to start with the the first yeah. question? So, what would you say, um, or how would you say comfort has affected your relationship in both dating and marriage? So, you want me to go? Yeah. You sure? Yep. Okay. <laughs> um, I think in this context, um, I think what we... Uh, as comfort affecting our relationship in both dating and marriage, it would be as we've talked about a lot, fearing change. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, we would have, it's good to have, you know, comfort and security in, in your relationship, but comfort in the sense of um, you don't, you don't want anything to be different because you like where you're at. I think that can be very dangerous, especially as a Christian and as a Catholic, um, you know, accepting god's will um as you know michelle was saying i think that was michelle i think yeah okay good (laughs) um accepting god's will is obviously what we're called to do as christians and if you're afraid of that um that can lead to obviously many issues um and for us we both are we were we still we still struggle with it but we were very very bad at at accepting change um for us in in dating I think um what really we struggled with was we obviously started dating very young for those who don't know we started dating when we were 16 years old we were in high school um sorry mom and dad uh, but <laughs> they didn't know this until we were 19 or 20. No, right? that's a lot. <laughs> or at least my parents did. I don't know if yours did. They're just friends. Um, but I think obviously because we had to go off to college, that was something I absolutely dreaded. Obviously, for one, because he would or I would be away from each other. Um, but so I just kind of lived in the moment as I should, but I absolutely did not think about the future. I did not want to think about the day that he would go off to college because then things would be different, whether that be we would stay together or not, um, or just being away from each other. I'd never experienced that, especially with him. Um, And so I think that kind of affected our communication. Um, Obviously it worked out fine and for the best, (laughs) Um, but I think, there, there was a day, um, if we're being completely transparent, uh, when I left for college that I, I did end up calling my mom and I said that we were broken up. Um, and she was like, no, 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 that can't happen. You, you guys are meant to be together forever. But I was like, no, this is, this is it. We're broken up. We just got off the phone. Um, and that was, it was literally all because of communication because we, we never talked about how we would communicate during college because we just completely feared that change. We were comfortable um, being at home with each other um, because we lived so close. Um, 
so that that definitely affected our dating um and i think i don't know if you want to mention and yeah well i mean in, in the dating too I, again it's I, I did want to point out too that it it did have some good effects in, in terms of um you know <laughs> it, it did help us really appreciate our time together so right. for me uh, i i think for a lot of men but especially me in particular uh being vulnerable and open about your emotions is not something that I was super comfortable with. So it kind of like Teresa mentioned it, it did lead at, at least initially to a lot of issues with communicating and, and kind of being honest about where we were and, and things we might've been struggling with and that all kind of tailspin. Um, uh, but like I said, it, it did have good effects. You know, we, we, every time we would get together, whether it was, you know, me visiting for a weekend or, uh, going home for a holiday or whatever, uh, any day or time we had with each other, you know, we, we loved and, and we tried to make the, the best of it, which I think was good. Um, but I, and, I sorry, no, if I might add, it's the world definitely discourages long distance relationships in yeah. a sense, because they say that you should be able to be comfortable with where you're at um, or, you know, explore other relationships. If you're away from, somebody you know you should be able to explore other options and that's where comfort can obviously in the societal term be very dangerous yeah yeah because there is that kind of uh, uh that saying i guess where you know it's you're young you're in college like date around live a little you know that sort of thing and and for people who have that's that's great if it's worked out for them but for us you know we dated for two years before college even was a thing. And so you're two years into dating in high school and trying to figure that out in college while whether it's friends or just the general societal attitude of, you know, that's not really what you should do. You shouldn't be tied down or, or feel like you need to be with someone. It, it forced us to be uncomfortable, but I think it was a good thing. Um, but, but it definitely was a challenge. And just on top of that for marriage, I, I think um, the I guess the comfort that or uncomfortability of that was, I, I guess, connected to Danielle again, but it was when we found out we were expecting because we had been married for, um, I guess, a month or two months, whenever, when we found out. Mm -hmm. um, so, of course, we were thrilled and excited, but then it kind of hits you, you know, you just got married. You're, you're now just starting this whole new life with this person. And now you have a, a third person added to that mix. And uh, of course, all the thoughts of how do you raise a child? How do you afford this? All these things come up. Uh, and so it's, it was kind of this combination of excitement and fear. And it, it does did force us both to be very uncomfortable in, in that sense, I think. Uh, I don't know if you agree, but. Yeah. And if I might add, there was uh, obviously right before Danielle was born is when COVID hit. Um, and we went into lockdown, um, you know, we were forced to, you know, be at home. And I think that kind of forced us to like live with our thoughts. Whereas you know, the, the busy world would keep us away from our thoughts. We started getting more and more scared about what it would do to our relationship. And obviously, you know, any big change in our life would affect our relationship, whether it be however you handle it could be good or bad. And I know for me personally, I was just scared. Um, it got to a point where I was just scared. I was no longer excited. Um, 
it obviously did end up turning into excitement, but there, I do remember specifically there being a point where I was just, I was scared and I did not want the day to come. Um, and I just, you know, there were times where we would, or at least I would break down and be like, I, I don't want to think about what it'll do to us. I'm so comfortable in the moment that we're in. I don't want that to change. Um, and obviously when the, the day the day came, everything made sense, but it was, there was a point where I was doubting us and I was doubting God's will for us because of that comfort from being just stuck at home for so long that I just, I was stuck with my thoughts, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like this has to do with uh, comfort as well, but this was like w- one of the next questions, but how could laziness be a temptation in a relationship? Me. And like, yeah, what would you do to like overcome that? Yeah. So I guess bouncing off of, you know, everything with, with comfort and what the world tells you you should be comfortable is the world can offer you a lot of temporary comfort, whether that be through, um, social media, TV shows, um, it's all, it's all temporary. Um, but you know, in our, in our crazy busy world, we know whether it's, it's work or you're dealing with children or you're dealing with school. Um, you know, you always, you want that chance to relax, which is totally normal. You should always be able to, to rest and relax. Um, but it's how that you use that time to relax that I think, um, can affect a relationship, um, or even just your life in good or bad ways. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's easy to just sit down, you know, with your spouse after a long day and tune each other out by turning on a TV show or turning on your phone and just scrolling through social media. Um, and you're, you're constantly looking for entertainment, um, but, you know, everything on your phone is temporary. So you're just going to want to keep, you know, taking it in. Keep scrolling, keep scrolling, or keep watching a TV show, keep binging. Um, and I think that can turn into a habit. It, I mean, we all know it's social media, TV shows, they're addicting. And I think that could really turn into a dangerous habit where you end up resorting to that um, in ev- every chance that you get, um, mm-hmm. which is obviously can turn make you very lazy um and i think in relationships um you know no one likes being uncomfortable so whenever situations come up where you get into an argument or um you you just feel you feel a little lonely because you know one person is doing one thing you're doing another um and so you resort back to that that habit of you know, laziness of just scrolling through social media. So you end up, you know, ignoring everything, ignoring reality. And I think that can be, it's very dangerous, especially if you're resorting to it in an uncomfortable situation. If you're, if you just, you know, got into an argument and you just storm off to another room and you just turn on, turn on your phone um, to try to distract you, you're not facing those realities or you're not facing the harsh realities of, you know, dealing with a, with a child, you know, a difficult child or, um, you know, things like that. 
Yeah. Yeah. And going off. Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Um, just going off of that, like in life, it's it's often tempting to give into earthly pleasures such as lust or finding comfort in these worldly passions. Um, and that will never lead you to true happiness. So mm-hmm. it's impossible to find like infinite happiness in a finite world because we're never going to be at peace until our hearts rest in God's. And mm-hmm. so our, our souls yearn to be with God and must like live in communion with him to receive like his sanctifying grace. Um, and this kind of like allows us to be satisfied at peace. And so I think it's just important to mention how like you'll never find um, this through earthly temptations because our souls are eternal and earthly goods aren't and just distract us from what actually is important. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't, I feel, Mark had a point, I think. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's, it's just kind of funny you, you mentioned that because um, uh, we were talking about uh, in this discussion of, of comfortability and, and, and uncomfortability and, and how that can lead to laziness and all that, uh, we were... I think we figured out it was uh, Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, yeah. uh, who had said, you know, that I'm I'm paraphrasing here, but that the the world offers you comfort, but you're not made for comfort in this world. Um, you know that the reality is, and it's kind of to your point, you know, that we're we're not made for this earth. You know, we're we're called for something greater, which is to be in in heaven with God. And so it's almost like if you're living your whole life, it's kind of a a weird way of looking at it, I guess. But if if you're living your life totally comfortable, you're probably not doing exactly what you should be because it, it's kind of that uncomfortability, Mm -hmm. whether it's in your relationship with your spouse in conversations. I mean, we we're taking uh, uh, this marriage course right now at St. Timothy's it's uh, every Thursday. And he kind of brings up, you know, if, if there's a point or a frustration or anger or resentment that you have with whoever, your parent, your spouse, your friend, you know, bring that up. If, if it's kind of this attitude of, oh, we don't talk about that, uh, then that's probably something you should talk about. You should force yourself to be uncomfortable uh, because that's what God calls for. You know, we're not, we're not made to be comfortable live, living these great lives um, on earth. And uh, I mean, that's obviously reflected in, you know, throughout the Bible and, and giving up worldly pleasures and, and giving everything up for God. And I think uh, that of course carries itself true today. So, um, so anyways, I, I don't know if I went off on a tangent there, but it, it just kind of reminded me of that, that that's exactly what we're called for is, is kind of to be uncomfortable. Um, Cause mm-hmm. that's what the, the world offers this kind of fake comfortability. Uh, but that's, yeah. again, that's not what we're, we're made or called for. So, yeah. Yeah. That's so true because it's always in those moments of like discomfort, like you were saying, where you're like, you just want to turn to something familiar and comfortable, whether that is a TV show or your phone. Um, but that always leaves you feeling like, like lacking. So then you keep mm-hmm. like, that's when you tend to keep going and keep looking for more and you're never satisfied where like, if in those moments of discomfort, when you face it and whether that's like a discussion you need to have with someone or just praying um, instead, you always, there's always a peace that comes from that. Um, which, yeah, it is, it's that eternal, um, like that's, that's what will satisfy you 
and like the things of this world that are so temporal they never they never will yeah exactly and i'm not sure if this is like super related but to me i just kind of think it all kind of starts in the morning so like right when you get out of bed rather than just like sitting there and like like laying down for like 20 minutes 30 minutes like just like get up make your bed start your day like i got that from you know that speech um by that navy seal like uh if you want to change the world make your bed yeah yeah i that's yeah i live by that in college (laughs) yeah yeah. i've listened to it maybe like 10 times but Yeah. yeah i wasn't making my bed for like a while and then after i listened to that and i was like okay i'm just gonna like start with that and then it already like that small little change has made like a big difference like even for me like because I have to like wake up early like for ROTC like I used to set my alarm and I would set like 10 and then just like wait till like the very last second and then get up and like change super fast and like run down but like now I'm like trying to like right when my alarm goes off just you know hit it off and then like just jump out so i'm not like just oh, laying yeah. down like, super comfortable like in isn't bed. that called like the heroic minute something like that mm-hmm. yeah, the, yeah. The, the, oh, yeah. Leave, right yeah. what it was him. Yeah. yeah uh yeah i mean i i, I want to say I, I i do that but i i definitely because teresa and i trade it off uh danielle has decided to wake up her her wake up time is now 6 30 um which it probably is not that bad for of people who have multiple children but she used to sleep in she used bit. to sleep until like 9 30 <laughs> so for someone who slept in like having a 10 o'clock class in college for me was absolute torture uh so <laughs> having talk about uncomfortable um so uh anyways we trade on and off and uh i try so hard whenever it's it's my turn or my day to wake up with her to get up right away because Teresa is such a light sleeper uh, she's probably going to wake up regardless, but it, it, it's a, sometimes she ends up just getting up with Danielle because I'm still kind of hitting the snooze button on my alarm. Uh, so I, I try to be good about it, uh, but it is, it's a challenge. I mean, it's whether you're in college or you're married or for a job or even with your kids, it's like, you know, trust, I love seeing Danielle first thing in the morning, but it, it is hard when, uh, when the sun's not up. Yeah, when the sun's not up. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, no, it is. And I've tried, like in college, I, I purposely tried to only set one alarm because I would fall into this habit where I'd set it for, you know, a 7.30, 7.35, 7.40. So when I'd wake up to that 7.30, I'd be like, oh, it's okay. I have an alarm at 7.50 that'll wake oh, me I up. So, always... so, <laughs> yeah. so, yeah, totally can relate. It helps, though, because I'm, like, scared of alarms for some reason. So, like, when I wake up, I'll, like, fall out of bed. So I'm like, okay, I'm up, like... yeah i've gone to the point where i literally i set like i think it's like 12 alarms and then i just sleep through all of them like i just don't even bother getting up anymore because i know i won't anyway so then i just like let them play and i have like two (laughs) alarm clocks both going off at the same time for like an hour (laughs) (laughs) imagine you had a roommate that would be like so annoying Oh, trust me, it was. I would. I used to put my alarm across the room when we all slept in the same room, and 
and I would sleep through it and they would both be yelling at me to turn off my alarm and then I'd like crawl out of bed to go get it and then get back in bed and do it again. <laughs> what a great way to start she your used morning. To have, she used to have her alarm as music and there's certain songs that my sister and I absolutely cannot listen to anymore because we would hear it go off so many times in the morning and she wouldn't wake up. <laughs> You can't, you can't make songs as your alarm. That's like the number one rule. <laughs> I thought it'd be a more pleasant way to wake up, but it definitely was not. You get PTSD <laughs> when you hear those songs. <laughs> um. All right, I think we. Oh wait, we're, we have one more question. I think. Uh, Anna, do you want to ask more? Yeah. So, um. So talking about vocation, so the word vocation means to curb our desires and conform to God's will in our life. Um, So talking about vocations, how would you say comfort can affect any person's vocation? Uh, So I I think, and this probably is just a a super basic, simple answer, but I, I feel like just if you think about it, if you're being lazy, so if you just look at like a, a relationship, because that's what I can relate to is vocation of marriage. If you become, I, I guess, lazy, um, what what that can lead to is uh, an eventual just it, it discourages you from your vocation. Um, so, for instance, you know, if, if you're dating someone, I mean, that I feel like a huge problem nowadays uh, is, is people living together. So I only reason I bring this up is. Um, in a, a relationship you're dating and if you're getting to that point whatever the next step would will be which is typically to propose um, a lot of people there's almost this like discouraging aspect in society nowadays where it's almost like no you can keep dating and, and still live together and, and do all these things together and that live a comfortable life. yeah and live a comfortable life and it's almost like they're mimicking marriage but they don't want to commit to that so it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's just funny because it's, it's with that or when people s- first start dating, for some reason, there's this thing where it's like, or just seeing each other word, don't use the dating word. Like it's, it's even regardless of the level at what, what you're at, it almost seems like people just get scared or, or get lazy or, or afraid of this change. They're afraid to be uncomfortable. And so they, they try to ach- take some aspects that they want for marriage, but they don't want to actually take the full step or the full commitment and so i in, will. yeah and, and so just in, in in regards to a vocation i mean obviously that affects your vocation because if, if you are called to be married uh, if that is your vocation but you're you're not wanting to take that step because you're afraid of change or you're afraid of being uncomfortable in that sense uh then that would uh, would affect your vocation mm-hmm. um so that i don't know if you wanted to add anything to that but no yeah i mean i think it's it simply put as you said um if you're comfortable if you feel like you're comfortable in a place in your life um or you're too scared to accept that that instinct or that calling um you know obviously you 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 may miss that vocation that that god has has planned for you yeah um then again like the the world is going to always discourage you um, from being uncomfortable, like you said. Yeah. And like marriage is a covenant as like, and I think that's why it's important to um, 
like know that God impacts your willingness to work through the challenges of life together. And, you know, like you want to like go through that challenge together. Cause you know, living with someone else, it's not going to be easy all the time. And um, I think taking that sacrifice and kind of working on it together is so important being mm-hmm. married. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and I, I feel bad for kind of stealing his, his thunder here, but again, with the, the marriage talks, we've been going to uh, father service, the one who leads them. And I, he was just talking, I think it was, I can't remember if it was tonight or last week, but he was mentioning um, kind of how you want to, uh, I guess, approach every year. What was he saying? It was every year you want to approach like it's a, a midlife crisis in that, you know, you, you become together. together. Yeah. So together is the key point there. So it's kind of like you, <laughs> you become lazy or idle. And so you, you kind of, you know, whatever it is, you fall into your routines and you fall into these false pleasures or false com- comfortabilities of social media, TV and all this. And you start kind of drifting away and it, it just tailspins, you know, into sadness and, and loneliness. And so he, he, his one advice was, you know, live every year, like it's a midlife crisis, you know, take up dancing, take up uh, art, you know, think all things that I definitely cannot do. So I was like, these are awful <laughs> suggestions, but I got the gist of it. Um, Literally go out and live together. Yeah. Which can still be done despite having a baby. I just want to point that out. That <laughs> children do not hinder that. It just makes it more more fun. Yeah, exactly. So. I feel like I'm always in a midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> you wanna? Yeah. I just no. I just feel like I'm always like I don't know what I want to do with the rest of my life, and then I'm like, oh wait, I want to do this. And I'm like super set on that. And then like a week later, I'm like, ah, never mind. And then I'm like, ah, I don't know what I'm going to do. I used to have that problem, but then I would tell people. And then like I'd run into those people like like a couple months later. And they're like, oh, did you do that? And, I, and then I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> that was like last month's idea. So like that was yesterday. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Long past that. <laughs> um, wait, we actually have one more question. I didn't see this. Um, but... So Anna came up with this one. Um, as Catholics, we know that true joy is found in God. So how, in your guys' experience, have you learned to distinguish comfort from happiness? So I think I think that this is very basically like we have been saying. Um, I think the, the basic answer is, is it leading you to heaven? Will this lead you to your your true mission will lead you further on the right path um and if not that's i mean most of the time it's probably a a temporary comfort um whereas something that's gonna bring you to heaven whether it be hard in the moment um or you know something super simple um you know it's praying the rosary together um or you know even doing something fulfilling together as a family you know you're gonna bring you're bringing each other down the right path um and like and like we said before the world is offering us comfort but you know we're not made to be comfortable we're made i think i think the the end of the quote is something that you're made for greatness 
mm-hmm. uh, you know, go out and, and be great. Yeah. And, and, and too, like, I, I think it can be hard. Get, I mean, I, I, I love these podcasts and it's it, especially these topics. It really gets you thinking about it. I think the one thing at least I can fall victim to sometimes is like overanalyzing everything in terms of, you know, Hey, the, the reality is it's okay to have moments on co- of comfort. You know, there's nothing wrong with sitting down and, and watching a movie or watching a TV show if it's, if it's limited. But, um, but I, I think that kind of the, the biggest thing is, is what Teresa said, you know, is what you're doing um, leading you to heaven. Is that part of God's will? And of course you, you can't necessarily apply that to every single thing you're doing. I mean, having a child, you're doing about a million things a day. So, whether you're picking up after her, making a sandwich, you're not thinking like, is this God's will? Am I fulfilling God's <laughs> will for me by making a Nutella sandwich? But it's, uh, <laughs> maybe, I mean, who knows? But it is because yeah. we're, you know, yeah, we're filling her. our roles with parents. But, um, but yeah, I, again, I, I just think it, I, I think where you can draw the line between, you know, being happy and comfortable is if it's leading you down that path of, of laziness. I think that's kind of the, the biggest thing. Um, you know, it's okay to have those moments of comfortability and, and because of those moments, they can lead to happy moments. I mean, we have great memories of doing simple things like just a date night, watching movies or going out, you know, we, last week we did a, a pumpkin patch with Danielle. So that was something like as a Aww. family. So there's a lot of those things that bring happiness and, and you're also very comfortable in it. I mean, we're, we're blessed in that Teresa is now able to, to, finally be home it was about two years or a year and a half later than we were hoping but you know so those are all good things are very grateful and blessed but uh but i i think to distinguish them is, is really just when it comes to being lazy and and you start to slip into these patterns and these routines of you know like like we've brought up multiple times you know going on your phone constantly watching tv for me sports i mean football just started and uh it's shockingly I'm, I'm sure most guys can agree it's very very hard to to not you know a game's on and you're thinking oh man i want to watch this but it's like you know i'd much rather go to the pumpkin patch you know so it's it's just it can be so tricky um but i, I think if you're at the end of the day if, if you're putting your spouse and your ch- children first um those will kind of naturally lead to that happiness and, and good comfortability um, yeah. but at the end of the day, you're, you're still going to be uncomfortable in this world and in this life. And I, that's just kind of what we're, we're all called for. Um, yeah. And I think that, um, like, yeah, we're not always going to be comfortable and, you know, we're always going, like we all suffer in our lives. And I think it's important to understand that suffering represents God's divine love and is a way of strengthening our relationship with him. And, Um, we must kind of accept it because we are not guaranteed that constant happiness or hope. So rather than letting suffering overcome us and control our lives, we should try to seek hope through it because that's how we'll get to know God more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just heard this quote recently that said something like this side of eternity is the only time or chance we'll get to worship and unite ourselves to Jesus through suffering, which I was like, that's actually really cool. I've never thought of it like that. Cause once we get to heaven, hopefully like it's, it's happiness. Like there is no suffering. 
So, like, this is, like, the only chance we have to unite ourselves to, like, the tiniest, like, glimpse of what he experienced on the cross. I thought that was really cool. Mm, yeah. 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 It's cool to, like, when you are going through something difficult, to, like, know that you're not doing it alone. Yeah. Um, But that would just kind of remind me, because Teresa was, like, mentioning it earlier, like, you're suffering, but you're doing it, like, with your spouse. But, I mean, Michelle and I don't have that yet, but we have, like, <laughs> like for me, if it's, like, RTC or, like, something like that, and it's um we're all like training or something and it's really hard and we're all like suffering but just knowing that I'm doing it with other people and for something like greater than myself like that helps Mm -hmm. a lot yeah so yeah yeah and I think too that that can be I I mean again we, we we started dating when we were so so young but I think there's this kind of pressure of like you you need to have this spouse or you need to have this significant other to share these experiences with and to suffer with, but it's like, you know, you don't want to overlook the fact that you have family and you have friends and, and just because you get married does not mean that you no longer have those things. Like we still visit both of our families often and still go out and see our friends when we can. And uh, obviously it's, it's not as much and, and there's bigger responsibilities now with being married and having a child. But I think that's a really good point. Cause I, I think people can almost get this sort of idea in their head that, Oh, well, I need, I'm not dating anyone. So I'm kind of alone. And that's, that's obviously not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, anyways, I, I think that's a really, really good point. Yeah. And yeah. kind of one thing that we were, you know, finishing the conversation with when we were, you know, going through these questions and everything. Um, and the whole thing kind of seemed <laughs> not depressing, but it was like, you know, we just kept mentioning things that, you know, we struggled with in terms of, comfort or laziness but obviously we're we're very happy um (laughs) i think if people are sitting here listening like wait so how they how they overcome this stuff (laughs) um ultimately this this these past two years being married have been you know we've learned so much um and i think the main thing that we've we've learned together and we did while we were dating but um I personally, especially this past year having Danielle, I've learned to just put everything in God's hands. And, you know, while I obviously should have seen that earlier, it's something that I've learned to really embrace and just let him literally Jesus take the wheel. Like he, he's, he's got it. He has a plan. Um, I'm still, I'm terrified of change. I, you know, I, I do <laughs> love comfort, but I, I've, I've come to a point where, you know, I, when I say my prayers every day, you know, Lord, it's in your hands. While I do have certain things that I want, desire and hope for, you know, your, you know, thy will be done. Um, so it's, I think we've both really been leaning on that a lot um, mm-hmm. and should be completely putting God first in everything. Um, rather than ourselves and our comfort first um, and Danielle even you know Danielle doesn't even come first it's 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 God and our relationship with God yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and uh, one, one final thing I, I, I don't mean to keep keep this going but uh, I do want to just point out too that kind of like you said like these these past two years you've learned a lot but they, they've certainly have been amazing but I, I want to sit here and and seem like this example of you know 
oh, what a great guy. You know, he's going through all this suffering. He's all, all always <laughs> uncomfortable. He's giving up sports, doing all these things. But uh, the reality is, it's, I mean, Teresa has, Teresa now, Danielle, of course, have just made it so easy. And that's kind of what you realize is when you have that, that, significant other when you when you have those children it's like even though you are kind of being called to be uncomfortable and, and, and to go through, through these sacrifices and, and do all these things it's like it's so i mean obviously so worth it uh but it, it, it almost in a way seems easy like i i mean uh, Teresa said after we had danielle i mean a year and a half of working uh as she's growing and and, and Teresa had also struggled with these things going on and she just continue to just keep us going and and uh i think for me uh, it certainly just made it easy i mean i i it was almost like i i felt bad because i felt like i wasn't doing much um but uh but it really is just it's amazing through god's grace kind of how you can grow together as a couple and as a family and uh you know, despite all these challenges and in this crazy world we live in, how easy life can be and, and how amazing it can be if, if you really are following God's will and, and embracing the blessings he gives you through your spouse, through your children and your family. Um, so it just it, it's been awesome. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that. Mm -hmm. So. Wow. That's so cool. um, I'm just looking at the time here because we can go on, but it's hitting almost an hour but um thank you guys so much for coming on thank you again. yeah thank you yeah, so much for sharing big fans yeah. of the podcast yeah big fans we're your number one fans <laughs> oh also shout out to Teresa because she is uh hand what do you even call that drawing on an ipad does that have a name <laughs> art point. art, art. <laughs> drawing creating, well, he's creating our um our podcast profile picture so whenever oh. that becomes our picture you all will see hopefully it. by the time this comes out yeah was, yeah i'm just very ocd so yeah, she, she was working on your hair for about two hours the other day it was just that's a good strand. i want to look as good as possible yeah <laughs> <laughs> Wait. So, what do you what do you create it on? It's it's an app on my iPad called Procreate. Um. So I, oh. yeah, I've been working on that the past few days. Oh my goodness! It's been it's fun. So it's been really fun. Um. Just I'm super OCD, so I just need someone to just snatch that thing away from me. I'm not, <laughs> it's good. I'm not kidding. It was a single strand of hair that she was <laughs> for two hours. <laughs> I don't think Anna would know. <laughs> She's very talented. Yes, yeah, she is. <laughs> Wait, Teresa, is that your picture at Grandma's house with the Newfoundland? No, is that, that is not about? me. Oh, <laughs> you take that no. Your <laughs> no, this is not. I don't know what you're picturing when Mark's talking about a strand of hair, but it is not art in that sense, like that Newfoundland. Like, no, I could never be that detailed. <laughs> I well, now we should have um one picture because all the episodes I think it's like a different picture for every single one. <laughs> I'm like, this just looks so tacky. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys again so much. Um, we're gonna see you at Thanksgiving, right? 
Yeah, yeah. I don't. We're we're we have to remember our cycle because we we swap. Oh back and right. Forth. Oh, so I think yeah. I we're Christmas at the the cooks this year is the. Hopefully we won't miss you. Every single time we go to grandma's, <laughs> you just happen to yeah. the second we get there. <laughs> We're running out the door to get there. <laughs> they're they're like, up oh, the killers, we gotta go. Yeah, they, <laughs> they see the van coming up, they're like, go, go, go. Run, run, run. Everyone run. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, thank you, guys. Thank yes, you. Thank you so Hopefully much we'll for Alright, guys, thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Um, we're going to try to get on a more consistent schedule with posting our podcast. It's been a little rough the last few weeks, but we're going to hopefully try to get them out every every other Monday. Um, if you ever have any topic ideas, you can go to our Instagram. Um, it's lighthousepodcast underscore JMA. Um, and yeah, just send us any topic ideas if there's anything specific you want to hear. Thanks, guys.